this is Jeff Bedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, The Athletics, Nate Taylor joins former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and me. Nate, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, fellas, it's it's the off season. We're, we're back. <laughs> uh, I, this is like my annual journey. Uh, so no, thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a great time. Uh, I think we're all close to vacation, but <laughs> it's all, it's also like wild to be like, Oh, in 10 weeks, I'll be in like St. Joseph. That's, yeah. that's bizarre. Wow. Well, Nate, what an off season it's been, right? I mean, it has been Jeff and I, you know, look, we go into these off season. We, you know, we record the pods weekly and mm-hmm. we, every time when the season ends, we're always thinking to ourselves, what are we going to talk about? Right. We, we all, <laughs> we know there's the big milestones. There's the draft, a little bit of free, you know, there's the free agent open yeah. market. Then there's the draft, the combine, you know, there's some th- bowl games and different things where we know coaches are out looking and scouting and doing those things that, there's OTAs, mini camps, but like there's those daily things. I got to say the Chiefs have given us a lot. And the NFL in general has given mm-hmm. us a lot of material these last couple of years because it just seems like the offseason is just as exciting for fans as the season. Yeah. Yeah. The drama, the politics, like whatever it might be. Like, how have you felt about this offseason for the Chiefs, especially right since that's what we're talking about today? Yeah, no, it, it's it's a great point, Joe, because I feel that this offseason is different than anyone I've done covering the team since the offseason of 2018. I, I you know, uh, I think I say this quite a bit, but, you know, I basically started when the team traded Alex Smith and, <laughs> wow. uh, you know, understanding that they didn't have a first round pick that year in the draft. And I was very new. Um, and so that offseason, I think, was the most conventional I've been in. Mm. And that's mm. mostly because, you know, there's a pandemic <laughs> wedged in there. <laughs> there's, you know, uh, there was a Super Bowl parade and obviously the, 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 the feeling of what it takes to be a champion and then trying to repeat. Um, this year is odd because, you know, the team in some ways had an underwhelming end in the AFC championship game. Uh, you know, you could argue that they're a better team than the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they lost to them twice. Uh, and I never thought uh, in February, and I never thought, especially in early March, like right around free agency, that Patrick Mahomes' last pass of the 2021 season was going to be the last target of Tyreek Hill's yeah. tier with the Chiefs. That just never Great entered my point. mind. Yeah, it just never entered my mind because I thought their sort of uh, negotiation, their sort of tactics, their back and forth was going to be extended mostly through the season, similar to what Tyron Matthew went through. Um, And I reported that sort of extensively, the idea that like, hey, he's he's not going to get anything before training camp. You know, uh, the next sort of step was December. Um, The season had not gone the way I think either one of those parties thought it would go. Um, which meant that he was probably going to be a free agent and he wasn't going to be on the team. Um, but this is, this offseason is odd. And, and me and Jeff were talking even before we recorded, Joe. Uh, they had 12 draft picks. Like, <laughs> right. like Brett Beach selected two players in the first round of the draft. Like that is that it never happened since he became the drill manager after the 2017 draft. 
That's um, more than like all his other drafts. In the combined. Five, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, you know, so uh, you're not trading for Orlando Brown. You're not trading for Frank Clark. You're almost like taking a step back and doing it the opposite way, which is through the draft, which is trying to be really shrewd in free agency, which mm-hmm. is trying to make secondary moves while other teams are making primary moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're sort of responding to that. So for so long, I had covered this team and just like how aggressive they were and like, Hey, let's, let's, we know we got a great quarterback. So let's just go all in in 19 and then, okay, like let's keep everybody together. There's sort of a, a an urgency and intensity in that in 20 in 2021, it's like, man, they got so close to being a dynasty. And because of the pandemic, all of a sudden, um, you're trying to understand, like, how can they have some sustained excellence? And then this year, it's like the team will look vastly different than it was yeah. a year ago, even though Eric Benemy is going to be back. Steve Spagnuolo is going to be back. Obviously, Andy and Patrick are involved. But the rest of the team will look very differently. The offense is going to mm-hmm. look differently. I think the defense in some ways can be different than in the past. And I'm not used to that. I don't know if I'll be used to it by training camp. Um, but it was a wild offseason for them because they became, I think, less predictable than in years past. Yeah. Is there any – go two ends of the spectrum then with that said, Nate. Is there one position – let's start with the – let's start with the – I'm going to use the term probably incorrectly, but let's start with the, the, the negative or the one that you're most worried about and then maybe contrast it with the position group or the part or aspect of the Chiefs game – that you're not worried about, like is, just maybe just start there with some of the dialogue and get your we, thoughts. We can probably skip quarterback for what you're talking about. <laughs> I think, think we're okay. Yeah, I think tight end. I think tight end. I mean, there's yeah, tight end maybe, or you know, even coaching staff, right? Because that's still relatively right. intact. But like, is there a, is there something? Because I have my opinions on what great, I'm most great worried question, about. Though, the joke. Great no, question. it is. It is my my joke to that before I answer is, hey, one thing I've noticed is the chief social media department doesn't have to show video of Patrick Mahomes throwing a deep ball. Like that's just, that's, that's just understood. Like we don't, we don't need to trade for Tyree kill and then show our quarterback throwing a deep ball. Like it's just right. not like, like what? Um, I, I make fun of the dolphins all the time, but like I, I find the hilarity in both, yeah. both aspects of the teams. Um, but no, the, the, I guess the one that I'm concerned about, and I think it's totally understandable is I think Chris Jones is going to be excellent. He mm-hmm. will play. You know, I asked uh, the coaching staff last week during the OTAs, hey, is he going to – we're going to do this experiment again or is, is he just going to be a defensive tackle? And the plan is for him just to play on the inside. That's mm-hmm. great. He's mm-hmm. arguably the second-best defensive tackle in the league, you know, behind Aaron Donald, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else is rushing the passer, Joe. I, I – I hear positive things right now in regards to Frank Clark and his training regimen, even though he has not been with the team throughout the voluntary portion of the OTAs. Uh, I think George Karloftis will be a nice piece. You know, sure. he, he was selected 30th overall. Um, there's a chance for him to blossom. I think in the second half of the year, um, once he gets obviously acclimated to the speed of the game, Uh, He's known most for his bull rush. Can he develop secondary moves off of that? Um, But obviously he's going to add a bit of youth to Mm -hmm. the pass rush. Yeah. Uh, Derek Knight, he's good, but he's not a pass rusher. Uh, Tershawn Wharton's a a, a nice rotational piece. Mm -hmm. 
I understand that Steve Spagnuolo likes to blitz, but what we saw last year was it was out of necessity, not out of luxury. Right. Right. Um, and I wonder if we'll be back in a similar format where, hey, maybe you're maybe you have a better secondary. Hey, maybe the linebackers are more athletic and they have the system down because you know it's Nick Bolton and Willie Gay working <clears> together <throat> for a second straight year. But I don't know who's rushing the passer if Chris Jones isn't all world, and I'm not sure you can place a ton of faith in Frank Clark. Yeah. And surrounding them in the AFC, as I'm sure you guys know and have talked about, mm-hmm. uh, they might have the worst duo <laughs> in the entire division. And Chris Jones is great. Um, of course, yeah. Going but, against some great quarterbacks, too, that can get yes. rid of the ball quickly. Yes. Um, they're not – these aren't – this isn't the, – the AFC West isn't made up of a bunch of rookies, right? And it's, it's, it's six games that they have to play. Yes. I mean, that's six of their 17 games that they have to play is against, you know, a division that has solid QB. You know, of course, Chiefs fans are going to tell you they hate this quarterback and they hate. Let's be let's be objective and real. They're all they're all really good and they're going to be beating each other up all season. And then you couple in with the rest of the AFC schedule that they have to play and the including the first eight games, which, you know, we've we've beat that one up a lot about how it's, you know, the <laughs> toughest tough. eight games of, of ever in NFL history. Yeah. First eight games. But like. You're reading my diary because that's exactly what, where I am with it. If, if there was one that's that's really bothering me. So when we both woke, wake up in a cold sweat at two o'clock in the morning, we can call each other on our cell phones and say, Nate, what have they done? Yeah, what have they done? Because it's, yeah. it's the one that concerns me the most as well. So I, I think we're, you know, we're, we're actually in, in lockstep there. I, I totally agree with you. Nate, and he's got, I, I know you'll get to the position yeah. group you really feel strongly about. But Joe and I were talking about like, Brett Veach, it, I mean, he's so aggressive. He's got to have another move, right, for, for like, defensive end, edge rush. They can't, they can't roll, like, we like Karloftis, too. We like his potential. Yeah. But, you know, because it's like last year, they were they ranked toward the bottom of the league in, in, in sacks. And pressure, and pressure and rate, and, yep. And, mm-hmm. and then they had – and they're losing Melvin Ingram, too. So it seems like they got, like, I don't know if there's a Robert Quinn that's going to get traded or somebody, but it seems like they, there's got to be something else he's, he's going to do, right? There, there is no ideal fix between now and when they play the Arizona Cardinals in, in week one, in my opinion. Um, it's just going to be a lot of, hey, and, and I think this is like quietly a good thing is that with Chris Jones and Frank Clark not being at the voluntary offseason practices, every rep is going to George Karloftis. And you hope that helps mm-hmm. progress him so that he's totally aware of his responsibilities um, when the season begins, because you're, you're just going to have to rely on him. Um, and usually, you know, defensive end rookies don't really make that much of an impact unless they're selected in like the top 10 um, for obvious reasons. Cause like Miles Garrett is incredible and he was taking mm-hmm. one. Uh, oh. So all that to be said, one player that I'm interested in is Trey flowers. Who's still, a, yeah. who's still a free agent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like the best fit for what Steve Spagnuolo wants to do, but um, you know he would get snaps. You know he could be uh, a different version of what Melvin Ingram provided in the second half of last season. Um, a lot of people ask me, hey, Nate, why did they only select one defensive end in the 10 players they selected in the draft class when, you know, you maybe you could have taken a, a, you know, you could have thrown a dart at a second round or a third round, maybe even a fourth round defensive end, someone you could develop, um, you know, for the future. And I think the Chiefs were like, well, Melvin Ingram is still an option and they place that rare, you know, franchise, excuse me, uh, off season, you know, free agency tender veteran tender 
Uh, and then Miami was like, okay, well, if they're going to give you $4 million, we'll give you five. And guess what Melvin Ingram did? He took he <laughs> took the more money. Uh, Surprise. So I don't, yeah, so, so I don't know what the ideal situation is other than to say that I think the most important player – you can make an argument that the most important player of the season is Chris Jones because I know what I'm getting from Patrick Mahomes. I understand Travis Kelsey is excellent, and when the big moments – are, are there when you need uh, a hall of famer to do hall of famer things, Travis Kelsey has done that. So I don't, I don't really um, have an issue with him. I think the offensive line could be better. And we met, you know, we'll get to that. I'm sure later on in this podcast, but the most important guy might be Chris Jones, because if you can't get pressure off the edge consistently, the best path is right through the quarterback. And, mm-hmm. um, for a guy that's entering sort of, you know, the, maybe the peak apex of his prime in his career, you know, this is a moment for Chris Jones to really, you know, signify and show that, Hey, maybe I'm better than Cam Hayward. You know, maybe I'm better than, you know, Fletcher Cox back in his heyday. Uh, And in order to do that, you got to dominate and be really, really productive in the postseason, which he has yet to do from a statistical standpoint, but I can make an argument that Chris Jones really 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 needs to be good this year great stuff there nate and uh great stuff showing kind of maybe the biggest question mark for the chiefs joe had that question of then you know other than obviously patrick mahomes of course what what position (laughs) group are you feeling really really good about it's early and i get it i kind of like the receivers i just yeah i just do uh i would split it in two ways and i know that's not perfect for podcast purposes but I think the offensive line you feel really good about just Mm -hmm. because it's their second year together um you know Orlando Brown has not been participating in the offseason uh voluntary activities that is understandable he's got a contract situation coming up now that he's been placed on the franchise tag the deadline for that is July 15th but from everything that I understand and gather it makes sense for both parties to figure something out uh long term uh, you know, I don't think any player really wants to play on the franchise tag, especially when they know that they want to be with that team uh, long-term beyond just the upcoming season. And the Chiefs don't really have a better option at left tackle available to them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, Creed Humphrey, one of the best centers in the league. Uh, Trey Smith is excellent considering where you took him in the draft uh, last year. You know, there is some concern about, hey, who's going to play right tackle? Uh, but the team figured it out pretty well last year. And I think mm-hmm. Andrew Wiley is more than serviceable. Um, so I would still give him the edge right now, even though there's, I'm sure, you know, some optimistic and some hype around uh, Kennard, the, the the late round yeah. draft pick they took this year from Kentucky. Um, and look, we won't really know, and Joe will, Jay will nod his head right now, but we won't really know because there are no pads, kids. They are not, yeah. <laughs> they are not practicing football. They're practicing right. plays. Right. I think that's the best thing that I've learned in the off season is like, you're not, you're not practicing football. You're not playing football, but you are practicing plays and concepts and foundational things, techniques to work on in the future. But it doesn't it comes- even look like football to Joe. He's used to the Marty Schottner era, Schottner <laughs> era of three hour practices, <laughs> every possible pad you could. Yeah. Marty, Marty time was Lombardi time. So that uh, was our, that was our catchphrase. So I, I know, I know what you mean, Nate. It's, it's, they're not, they're not practicing. Quite frankly, Jeff and I have said this, if we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. September is the new training camp. 
training training camp mm. isn't training camp isn't even training camp right and that's I why mean, con- and that's why continuity matters on on both yeah. sides of the of the line of scrimmage in term in terms of the trenches right in terms of offensive linemen and defensive linemen because you're you're so right I mean yeah the amount of reps that you took Joe in August compared to what I don't know Joe Tooney will will take right. is is so different it's so drastic. It and is. hey, go by the way, play all right. Now it's time to play. Like yeah. go out there and protect the quarterback. So you are you are so true about that. Um, and so many of these coaches are just, you know, they don't want to be criticized because hey, your guy wasn't healthy because you practiced too hard right. or you did too much. Um right. or the know, union's coming down on you. I mean, it's right. it's you know, it's it's there's yeah. that to deal with too. I mean, these are these are rules that listen, if every co- coaches haven't changed. They're still the same coaches of the Dick Vermeil sleep at the stadium on a cot, <laughs> you know, have a Murphy bed in your office and, and sleep there, you know, six nights out of the week. The coaches haven't changed. They're just they're just abiding by the rules that that are being set forth. So mm-hmm. if it were up to them, if they had their druthers, trust me, it'd still be the Vince Lombardi days. They'd still yeah. be they'd still be be banging around, you know, uh, as much as they could be to get players ready. But they're dealing within the confines of it. So you know, it's, it's, they're definitely constricted. Yeah. And, and so with all of that, um, I have to be pretty confident in the offensive line. And then from a receiver standpoint, uh, I really haven't seen much from Sky Moore because he's still, you know, got a lingering hamstring situation, but he's like the fifth option. And I think it, that's great for a second round pick who will add some speed and, and some reliable hands, which I think was like his biggest those are his two biggest traits was just like, Hey, he has nice speed and, 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 you know, movement of terms of, you know, changing directions. And then he caught everything uh, mm-hmm. in college at Western Michigan, but you know, Juju Smith Schuster, um, I gotta be sold on him because there was no one on the roster like him last year. Right. And that's just seeing that up in person at the training facility during these voluntary practices where like, you know, it's one thing to see a guy, on television it's one thing to see him once a week you know as an opponent but it's just like oh that guy's almost as big as travis kelsey like imagine like (laughs) imagine those two guys working on routes together and i've i've seen it it looks it looks good so far um marquez valdez scantlin i'm i'm pretty high on him because he already has some timing down with patrick mahomes that seems really impressive from what we've seen so far in the offseason program and this is the year for McCole Hartman to try to crack a thousand yards, try to get uh, as much of his potential, much as, you know, as much of his uh, value for, you know, coming up on free agency next spring. Um, it's, it's a nice combination. And I, if I was in the office of coaching meetings, I would never line up Travis Kelsey in the tight end ever again. Just, just <laughs> don't do it. Or, or I guess do it, do it on the rare occasion just to keep the defense on is, Hey, maybe it's a red zone situation. Maybe we want to get a certain look on short yardage situations. I would just say Travis Kelsey's a wide receiver right now. And I know it'll look different in training camp and in the regular mm-hmm. season, but in terms of elongating his career or like the, the, the top, you know, sort of peak of his career, um, knowing that you don't have Tyree kill available to you, you can stretch him out, you know, mm-hmm. wide more often, um, and I think there's a nice rotation of just, hey, you know, we are going to have this look for you, MVS. We're yeah. going to have this. We're going to have this look for you, McCole Hardman. Uh, we know the balls 
going to be pretty accurate most of the time. Mm-hmm. So as long as those guys get a nice rhythm together, what I've tried to get people to say is, okay, Tyreek Hill is now Travis Kelsey. All right, McCall Harbin is still McCall Harbin, but maybe slightly better just because more targets, mm-hmm. more reps, more yards, you know, whatever. All right. Is Juju Smith-Schuster better than Demarcus Robinson? Probably. Mm-hmm. Is Valdez Scantlin better than Byron Pringle? Yes. <laughs> and can Sky Moore be better than Therese Fountain or you know, Josh Gordon, who might still make the roster. Right. Sure. Cause he's younger. He's a rookie and he'll continue, you know, he should mm-hmm. blossom in a positive manner in an Andy Reid offense on one-on-one opportunities. Yeah. So it's a quantity thing now. Yeah. Um, in hopes that, Hey, the Chiefs can be adaptive and they can, you know, sort of, um, it's also a, a diversity thing too, though, right? Yes. It's a diversity of targets. Think about the, how different they are. Right. And, yeah. and, 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 and when you look at, if you know i've seen like little funny clips on social media of you know the size factor and how you know it was kind of like uh always makes me think of the old washington football team back then they were known as that other name and and you know they what they call them the smurfs right Uh, (laughs) that if you go back to the 80s right like that's kind of like what that that receiving core was was yeah the diversity of this receiving core from a body type the way they run routes, it's totally different. And I, I think, you know, I use this term all the time, Nate, is it's going to give Eric Bieniemy a ton more pages in the playbook. It has to. It has to. Yeah. It has to, right? Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's, you've got, you've got, you've got like snippets and scenes of the old New England Patriots dynasty, right? Where you've got the tough possession receiver, you've got the back shoulder throw, you've got speed, you've got Travis Kelsey, who just always knows how to get open. I don't know right. what he, how he does it at his size, but he's always open. Like, I, I, that's what I'm most excited about. So you read my diary part two <laughs> as it comes to the, the, the position group that Jeff and I, listen, we know you, you probably know we love to talk O-line on, O-line. on our podcast, yeah, but, yeah. but we have talked more about this receipt. Well, I mean, I was a wide receiver. I get that, yes. but we've talked, <laughs> we've talked more about re- the receiving core. I think this on this pod, this off season, we have really any other position group. Wouldn't you say Jeff? Totally. And I, I really like uh, Nate's analysis there and we're going to get to the position groups a little bit more, but first, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V. To get the bonus and get into the action, bet online where the game starts. Uh, Nate, you said how it is the off season, but OTAs are are going on, and I know you mentioned a lot of guys, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, aren't there. But but uh, tell us who who's really impressed you, and maybe a couple guys who you know didn't look quite as good as you thought. Yeah, so so we're more than halfway through, I guess, the off season practices. Um, I think you know, as I mentioned before, I really like. Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, mm-hmm. um, I see George Karloftis having an ability to just be tenacious that I'm really fascinated to see nice. in a game-like setting. Um, Trent McDuffie, the first pick, we have not mentioned him yet. 
Uh, I don't know. Just not mm. a, like not a ton. He does not jump off the page. He does mm. not. He doesn't do anything that's like, oh my god, like what was that? But he is consistent. I I really haven't seen him make that many mistakes. And what you hope is, um, he can stay with receivers in the in the nickel in the slot. I I, I find it hard, fellas. Although the Chiefs tell us that no, he can play everywhere. I find it hard that if T Higgins is on the outside, I, I, I'm not sure because of the height disadvantage that I want to put Trent McDuffie against him one on one all the time. Uh, but you know, if if you're listening to this and you're like, man, you know, I was really excited when we took Trent McDuffie because he was ranked in the teens and we got him at you know 20. Um, I understand if you're like, why haven't I seen a ton of, you know, highlights or clips? He's just a really good, consistent player. Um, what I'm interested in, uh, and it's a matter of can they stay healthy and how much will Steve Spagnuolo use them? Or if you're Brett Veach, you're like, I have given you, you know, realistic options. It's the linebackers. Uh, Nick mm-hmm. Bolton, Willie Gay, it looks like a modern linebacker duo. Willie Gay is just an athletic marvel. And I saw it in training camp last year, and there were snippets of it at times during the second half of the season. Quietly, uh, yes, Melvin Ingram deserves a lot of credit, ladies and gentlemen, for the second half uh, rebound from the Chiefs defense. Also, Willie Gay started playing, too, and it really helped. I understand Chiefs fans' concerns when they're like, He's known for athleticism and coverage. And although he may not be able to catch the ball, he he should be on the field on third down. And I'm like, Ben Name is not on the roster. Anthony Hitchens is not on the team anymore. I, I I'd be shocked if Leo Chanel is is taking those snaps away from Willie Gay. So I think Willie Gay and Nick Bolson have been a nice pair. Um, this is their, I think this is their year to really shine and sort of. Hey, look, who are these, who are these young linebackers that are like, you know, sort of sweeping up everything in the middle of the field for the Chiefs defense in ways that we haven't seen maybe since Derek Johnson back in his prime. So I like what I'm seeing from them. Um, I know we don't talk about kickers a lot, but Harrison Bucker has been excellent. Uh, Still got a gigantic leg, by the way, kind of not like I looked at this the other day on like over the cap. Um, he can make more money. <laughs> and so when the Chiefs signed him, it's like, oh, man. Like, if you look at Patrick Mahomes' contract in 2024, by the way, you should go do that. It's going to become hilarious because he will be <laughs> underpaid compared to his peers. Or he won't be the highest paid player at his position, which means his value to the team is at a premium mm-hmm. uh, or it's more maximized. I think Harrison Bucker's kind of into that, too. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of the people that I just have, like, I need more time with, or you just haven't seen a lot. Um, you know, I have not seen a ton from Clyde at uh, even though he has participated, he's done, you know, all the passing drills with Patrick in Texas, obviously he's with the team, but as you know, I think most fans know this, they don't run the ball or, Hey, they're not running, running plays yeah, in practice. Right, right. So you're just, it's a lot of pass pro. It's a lot of, Hey, pass, versus the blitz a lot of pass versus deep zone which by the way that's all they saw last year <laughs> uh which has been fascinating because i think 
Andy wants Patrick to sort of like sort of continue to try to thread the needle and sort of see where things uh, look with this new group of receivers. So it's 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 a coaching staff thing where like the coaching staff has clearly put more emphasis on the new receiving core and less on hey uh, Clyde was a layer at this point. But that's more of a training camp issue. I don't think he's done anything wrong. Um, Mike Dana is fine. He cannot be your starting defensive end. Right, right. And this yeah. is, and this gets back to, holy smokes, I'd be calling Trey Flyers every day yeah, if I right. was if I was Brett Beach. Um, Mike, Mike Dana is serviceable. Mike Dana is a nice, you know, change of pace guy. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how Frank Clark looks at training camp, how Chris Jones looks at training camp or mandatory mini camp uh, later this month. Um. I think from the rookie standpoint, it's been odd to sort of get a feel just because all of a sudden you take these players and then you put them around the team and you're just not sure what you're really going to see until training camp or the preseason. And that rookie has not really jumped out. You know, I see nice trades from Joshua Williams. Uh, Brian Cook has kind of been hit or miss at times. Um, and, you know, for all the things that Justin Reed hopes to provide for the team, um, it's been nice to see him go up against some of the veteran guys. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's like, I wouldn't say it's bad, but I wouldn't say it's like amazing either. If that makes sense. Well, awesome. Nate, that, that is great stuff here. That's just what we're looking for. Cause you know, the fans who aren't there, obviously I know sometimes the media is not even there for <laughs> to the analysis. Not every day, but we not are there. Day. Thankfully. Nate Taylor, check out his articles on the athletic. He's got great stuff there. Great features, great analysis. And if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.